Well, Joe, uh, I mean, we went a little <laughs> off the rails, but I'm kind of glad. I went way off the rails. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me today, a very special guest, Joe Cherry. Joe, how are you doing, man? I am doing very, very well. How are you doing today? I mean, my day's been pretty awesome. I've actually only done this today, so it's a pretty exciting day so far. <laughs> Yeah, I had a pretty good day. Uh, I've, I've edited some video. We had a pre-modern uh, episode that Phil and uh, Nate did earlier, so I'm uh, editing that. Uh, they banned land tax in pre-modern, so some big news there. And then uh, I had a league game earlier where I played a, an 80-card Death Shadow deck against uh, against Blue Red Delver. So it's been a packed day for me. Oh, yeah. I literally have <laughs> just gotten out of bed. Uh, I watched my partner play some uh, Legend of Zelda. That has literally been my whole day. That's a great game. I'm having a lot of fun with that. I, I have like a uh, a build, like a pre-made build where I can fly around on like a go kart. It's oh, it's I super fun. <laughs> I mean, the whole game looks really really fun. I just never I've never been a Legend of Zelda fan or anything. So, I mean, I could go. We had a whole podcast where I went on for like two and a half hours about how much of a Zelda fan I am. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. So I think uh, yeah. What I want. So th this episode one, uh, plenty of people know who who you are. Uh, but I think uh, there's there's not as big a crossover with my fan base uh, to yours, which so I want to I want to introduce people to to you, uh, Joe Cherries, uh, one of the most prolific uh, EDH uh, commander uh, content creators out there. Yeah. All right. Well, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I'm Joe Cherries. I'm formerly of the Picking Nerds. I recently left from the channel, but the channel was well over 100,000 subscribers. All we did was talk about Commander. We had daily content. Uh, three long form videos a weekend. Basically, I just always would every single set. I diving into the new cards, talking about Commander. That's what I did. We had some gameplay, everything Commander. Um, I do enjoy all things Magic: The Gathering, but Commander was my specialty. Uh, that was what I focused on. Pretty much the only format I play nowadays. Even though, uh, like I when I got into Magic, it definitely was not Commander. It was all sixty card format, you know, standard, oh, modern, yeah. a little bit of Legacy. Now I was never. A huge legacy player. I only ever played one real legacy event, but I do. I enjoy a lot of legacy content. I watch a ton of content about legacy, but I never play it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, what did you what did you play when you played in this one one uh, legacy event? Uh, this was years ago. This was I, I'm sure uh, it was GP New Jersey, uh, and this I was this was right uh, around the release of. Cons, cons, right? Cons, yeah, yes, cons. it had to be cons. Yes, yeah, so it was right around the release of Cons and Tarkir because uh, Treasure Cruise and yeah. uh, Dig Through Time were both legal in the format at the oh, time. Yeah. So I was playing uh, Blue Red Delver, and it, I got crushed. I mean, the whole field was ready to be Blue Red Delver. It's true. And I was not an experienced <laughs> player of Blue Red Delver. So I just, you know, I was out after around like four or five because I won like what, one game. And, you know, I, I played poorly. Like, I, I really just didn't know the format well yeah. enough to be competing at that time. It's just it's like, I could probably do better now, but I'm still not very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I went to that uh, tournament. I played uh, Rug Delver, which was a dog because uh, everyone else was playing Treasure Cruise and I was relying on my graveyard for threshold creatures. So oh, uh, no, you're I still playing Nimble well Mongoose? Either. Yeah, I was playing <laughs> Nimble I actually sold, you know, how they had the like the brainstorm play mat and the sleeves. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the, that deck had gotten so bad, I sold my brainstorm play mat and sleeves for like the 
eighty dollars that they were giving the vendors were giving for it to to get the last three foil nimble mongooses I needed for the deck because nobody wanted to play nimble mongoose anymore. It, nobody wants to play it at all. Nope, nope, no one wants to play. It very dead. Not even me. Very, not even me. Very, very, very dead card in the format now. It yeah, is not even remotely. It's it's funny how things change over the years. It's just like um, you think about like cards that have just come and gone, like Factor Fiction, where it's just like it's gone, right? It's it's completely yeah. gone from Legacy. But it was a staple. It was a staple of Legacy at some point. That's just yep. a crazy thing to think about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyhow, the, so the the the. Uh, aside from get, having my fans get to know you, uh, th what I wanted to put to people uh, is, uh, well, they're gonna they're gonna be, uh, I'm sure, people coming in. They're like, "What's Joe Cherry's doing? Why is he on? Why is he on Eternal Dirtles?" So there are gonna be some EDH people here for sure, and I want to entice those people to to start playing Legacy. Uh, to that end, I also want you to convince my viewers, uh, the Legacy players, why they should be playing EDH. Yeah, I mean, I am. Why should you play EDH? Because uh, it's the best format. It's easy. It is. Well, I think I think we both feel that way about our format, right? <laughs> it's I, I I always say that if you you if you look at any of my Twitter posts, the, the, I don't even say I don't even talk about Legacy that much. I talk about Magic's greatest format. Uh, th that's how I feel about uh, about Legacy. I won't even name it. I'll just say Magic's greatest format. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's the thing. Is like both of us love our respective formats so much, and it just kind of. I think it would be a service to to the community uh, to uh, transfer people over to the other formats. Yeah, I mean, I could absolutely do that. Like, I I feel like I could pipe up Commander for days. <laughs> oh yeah, end. of course. Uh, I, full uh, full disclosure, I play Commander a lot. Actually, that's how we. That's actually how we met is uh, through uh, through Moxfield. Uh, I have friend. Uh, my friends run Moxfield, and uh, we met at. Uh, uh, what's it called uh, Minneapolis, uh, and we were playing some. We were playing some uh, Commander there. Yeah. Uh, what what deck were you playing that day? I can't remember. I was on a uh, Reanimator deck with uh, the uh, oh with yes, Sephiroth. Yes, yes. Sephiroth. Yes. Dungeons. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The dungeon uh, deck. Yeah. What was I? Playing? <laughs> I played my Hensy deck, one of my yep. favorite decks. Yeah. We were also playing with Aspiring Spiring Spike. Also was playing yeah. that game. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was playing my Thalia Gitrog Monster deck. Oh yeah, another another great crossover player there. You know, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. He, he's 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 pretty much exclusively sixty card format. Yeah, uh, player. Um, he plays all pretty much all modern. But he uh, he's actually he's gonna be in Barcelona coming. I don't know if this is before or after Barcelona coming up. Probably it'll be before. before. Yeah, it, it, this will be before Barcelona. Uh, when it, wait, when is Barcelona? It's not next weekend, I right? I think it's next weekend. Okay, so this will be coming out the Monday after Barcelona. Okay, so Barcelona has already happened, or I've got my dates mixed up and it's about <laughs> to happen. Yeah, he's playing there. I mean, it's it, again, like it's funny. He he, it's what this is like. The cool thing about like Commander versus uh sixty or Commander versus sixty card formats, Legacy and, and Modern, where it's just it's uh for, for a lot of players who play a lot of sixty card formats where it is strictly competitive. That's what that's what Commander is intended not to be. It does the exact opposite, where it's just intended to be fun. You can just do big, dumb, silly things and not care about winning. Like it just winning is a secondary in Commander. Like I try to win every game to an extent. Like yeah. not, I mean, not literally win every game. But you you don't have to. And like that's a good relief uh when you're used to that 60 card sit down. The whole point the of the grind. game is you win. <laughs> Like yeah. you don't have any other goal. There is no. It's not about having. Like you are having fun, and the other players are having fun because you're playing Magic the Gathering is a fun game. But if your deck is a stacks deck, it doesn't matter. 
Like that's yeah. a huge difference. Like my my death and taxes list that you have no fun playing because I'm shotting porting you. I'm wasteland you off your land, and I have folly out so you can't cast your spells. It's like that is a completely legitimate way to just play the game. It's acceptable. And go yeah. about it, and it's acceptable, and it's grindy. But you go into commander where it's like that's a completely different thing. That's not an acceptable thing to do. And the whole goal is fun, and it's just a big switch from trying to win every game. Oh yeah, I think I think Smokestack is one of those cards that like if someone were to play it against me in in uh, in Commander, I would be like, okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's, yeah, there's a, there, there's definitely cards like that. Winter Orb is one is probably yeah. my one where it's like that's the card where it's like, what are was it, okay? Uh, like if we did, if you didn't bring up beforehand <laughs> that your deck was playing a Winter Orb type of fact, it's like yeah, I would, but it's like if someone plays Winter Orb in Legacy, which no one does, because not very good. Stasis is probably a better example. In the sideboard of Rogue Delver, we used to play Winter Orb actually. Yeah, used to so like <laughs> ten, ten plus years ago at this point. Yeah, yeah. but Stasis does still see a now. little bit of play. In fact, uh, yeah, Stasis is like its own like archetype, like tier two or three, but like yeah. it's still its own like archetype out there. And like if you'll play that, no one's really mad. Maybe they don't have that much fun, but like. It's it's acceptable. It's like that's just not an acceptable commander thing. It's like a it's yeah. a good it's a good comparison. Where it's like legacy, all winning. That's all <laughs> that matters. It's what you're playing for is to win. Commander, you want to win. Everybody wants to win, but it's all about fun. Yeah, we're having a good time. We're hanging out with friends. That's that's exactly. And, yeah. Uh, honestly, that, uh, that there's a, there's a, a thing about legacy where so much of legacy is also about the community and hanging out with friends and whatnot. But when it comes down to those fifty minutes. Uh, in between, like during rounds, it's it's cutthroat. You know, like everybody's out for themselves. But then you. you know, there's there's meetups afterwards. There's there's uh, there's alternate formats and stuff like that that we're doing. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of the content creators and stuff are hanging out, and and I I love I love hanging out with people in between rounds and talking about the format and stuff like that. It's just that those 50 minutes in between are uh, the what I would say the not fun the not fun times where you're just like I have a I have a thing to do and I'm trying to do that. Yeah, agree, yeah, agreed. It's it's completely true, and it's not even that it's not fun, right? Not fun yeah. is the wrong word. It is a fun time, but it becomes cutthroat, right? Where yeah. the goal, like if you especially like think you think like in like let's say like the deep rounds of like a old GP or if when you're playing Pro Tour, there's just there's nothing. All you're playing for is to win. Like that is the straight on goal. You don't care. Like you're never gonna. You're something you're gonna do, Commander. That you're never gonna do in Legacy is make a silly fun play. You're just not gonna do that in Legacy. You're not gonna go <laughs> not like, on purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, well, yeah, you're not gonna go over the top, make a silly fun play that's just like, haha, that made everyone laugh at the table. It's like, no, you're never gonna no, do that. Yeah, Commander, no. you, you do do that. You're like you're gonna like. It's funny because the game, like you're mentioning, like the Magic is a completely social game, and everybody, like one of the everyone says, the biggest part of Magic is the gathering. It's like getting together with your friends, hanging out. It's like these big Magic events are awesome. And uh, what Commander does is it kind of extends that into the actual gameplay, where now the gathering becomes part of the hangout, the game playing becomes part of the hanging out. Whereas that's not necessarily true when you play a, a format like Legacy, where it's like you 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 really just want to win, and also. A big point to Legacy that Commander does not have at all is it really fuels the competitive nature. Now, you, we can talk about CDH, but we're going to talk about most uh, most people play Commander, which is very casual. Yeah. So you don't get really that competitive drive or feel, at least I don't, and I and I don't, I used to, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, <laughs> but I really don't get that competitive drive and feel from it, uh, and that's completely fine. But when you play Legacy and you play other formats, 60-card formats, you get the competitive nature, the competitive yeah. feel, the drive drive to win that is completely kind of removed in a casual game of commander yeah i feel like there's for for especially for me 
I'm not a I'm not a Pokemon guy, so this is gonna sound strange. But there's a, like a little Ash Ketchum inside of uh, of all competitive Magic players that just like do want to be the very best, and 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 Legacy is a perfect a perfect version of that thing. It's like you really want to uh, play to your, the best of your abilities. You want you want to win, you know. Yeah. Before I before I started playing Commander and it became my primary format, uh, that was what I was doing. I was going to GPS. I was doing RCQs as they oh, were called man, at the yeah. time. I was just. I was grinding all the events or PPTQs. I think they were called PPTQs back then. But I, I was so, doing, yeah. I was doing, I remember playing actual PTQs, PPTQs. Now they're RCQs, which I've, I've never actually played one. But it's like, I was trying to get everyone. I was trying to make it to the Pro Tour. I, on the I grind, think, yeah. I was on the grind. And I don't think I am a, a spe specifically very good player. I think I am decent. Like, I will make the right play probably a solid percentage. But I don't think I'm that great of a player, but that's, but that's kind of the only way I knew how to engage with magic, especially yeah. at the time where it's like, that's all you, that's all I can play. I'm, if I'm going to play, I'm going to play to win the game every time. And actually that caused a big issue for me going into commander because I still brought that with me yep. uh, into being too competitive in commander to the point that it was unfun sometimes to play with me with how competitive I got when it's like, everyone's just trying to have fun. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win this game. <laughs> I remember the first deck, uh, like the first deck that I bought with the intention to play commander i bought the edgar markov deck mm -hmm. uh and went home like this was this was like an seg event in philadelphia i went uh with some friends and they were like hey we're gonna go back to my place and play uh and play edh and i was like oh, i don't have a deck i'll just buy one so i bought the uh the vampire deck and i took it uh out and i was like immediately i was like let me just go through my cards and figure out like what would go in this deck and uh my turn one play uh after i fixed fixed my deck up was i was like okay Krakus, go. And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, what? This, how's this card banned? <laughs> yeah, Krakus is a funny one. It, it, literally, it's so funny because it's like, Krakus as a card is not broken in Commander. It definitely is not broken on a power level scale, yeah. but it is absolutely against the whole idea of what the format is <laughs> yeah. trying to do. Yeah, and definitely. it is absolutely hilarious. I love Krakus as a card. I think it is uh, an absolute stellar design of a magic card. But it just doesn't work in Commander. Yeah. It's like I like legitimately. It's like one of my favorite cards. I love Krakus, but I never get to play it. Like just like it literally. I don't even know if I own a Krakus anymore. Like I played Death and Taxes in Legacy for a little bit, like on the side, and like I always loved like Thalia Block, bounce it back to my hand. Yeah. That kind of stuff was always super fun to me. Well, I think a, a great place to start uh, with the with this like symbiosis of these two formats is the shared card pool. Uh, I mean, it's just so easy to go all of all of Legacy is basically commander and vice versa like they you can use any of the cards in the game's history uh minus the band list yeah yeah and it's actually it's super duper interesting both both uh formats do have band lists but they're very different right like they're very very different they do share certain ones like the power nine is banned in both like uh well except that's not even true the time power <laughs> the time twister is legal in commander for some ungodly reason yeah. i really don't understand that i mean yeah, honestly ridiculous. um yeah the card pool is completely shared and actually it makes for something completely interesting that happens all the time commander product itself uh is consistently putting cards into legacy to the point that it's like joked about that it's just basically legacy or legacy is just like like when uh my favorite joke that i saw online is that well, uh, legacy players complain they don't get product, and then somebody showed it's like, but they get all these, and it was just a bunch of commander products. It's like, yeah, it's just this like is, these are all legacy you products. Get like, like something like twenty commander products now. Yeah, exactly, and all the, it really does have a huge impact on legacy. You look at 
Minsky and Boo, the initiative. I mean, there's things Fourth all Aerolingus over the place. Fourth just... is the big one right now. That is uh, replacing Entreat the Angels and Miracles. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, where you, you, you get the creatures, you, you you get the monarchy, which is absolutely a busted mechanic. Monarchy, another mechanic that whenever it's on a playable card for Legacy is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, well, P Palace Jailer kind of fell out of favor, but it was seeing some play. It still sees a little play uh, from what I've seen. But like Palace Jailer is so dumb. When you can hold the monarchy, it's the same with the initiative. When you can hold the monarchy or the initiative, it's just so broken a one-on-one. Uh, I played a lot of draft formats where the initiative or not the the, uh, the monarch was in it. It's the worst. When somebody has the monarch, it is the worst gameplay ever because it's just like <laughs> they keep it, they win, they draw a card every single turn. How do I ever beat that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, the the funny thing about uh, so the monarch in in legacy, we've kind of solved. We've kind of all come to a. A, a consensus that like this is whatever but man people do you either love the initiative because you're playing it or you absolutely hate it <laughs> there's no I mean, in the between initiative, <laughs> the initiative is a really really interesting mechanic because there's two there's a couple things about it one uh in a one-on-one -on -one environment it is very easy to keep so when you're able to keep it it becomes very very powerful and it is frustrating but ultimately like we were just saying it is on like the same kind of power level as the monarch i think the monarch is a little worse but the initiative is a little better but regardless Another thing that is very interesting about the initiative is its complexity. Um, as when you actually think about, like, it doesn't seem when you play, say you play on Magic Online, which is where most Legacy is played at this time, um, it's not that bad because you play an initiative card, the dungeon pops up on your screen, and then you just go through it. But it's like when you're playing the initiative in paper, you need to have a, this card and then a whole separate card. Yeah. to tell you what Show to do yeah. with the initiative <laughs> and then you have yeah. to know, understand the initiative like in a way to mark it's like you need so you need the card that tells you about the initiative what the initiative does and then the dungeon itself the dungeon. Yeah. to tell you what to do in the initiative it's like it is one of the it is one of if not the most complex mechanics of all time so i understand a lot of the hate for it um also uh an advantage the initiative has over the monarch is that uh Whereas the Monarch doesn't want you to replay new Monarch features when you're the Monarch, the Initiative does, because the Initiative re-triggers when you play another creature. So if you go Initiative creature, Initiative creature, you're just going another step down the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, it's, pre it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, and then uh, the other thing that's gr that's great is there are so many shared cards that are like so consistently played in, in uh, EDH2 Legacy. Like, almost every deck, I can't think of a deck for the most part that doesn't want to play... Uh, Ancient Tomb or Dual Lands, uh, and so yeah. many people have those. One of the things we say in Legacy a lot of times is how Dual Lands are actually expensive because there are so many people playing EDH that have those that are never seeing play in any other format. They're just like stockpiling them in their in their EDH decks. I mean, I have I have one of each Dual Land that just sit in a binder. Yeah, um, I think everyone because, should. <laughs> yeah, which which is just so I just so I can like basically I just put one of each in the binder and then proxy them in my decks so I yeah. don't have to have like. But like, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I I one thing I love about the shared card pool, like you were just talking about, I love looking at the cards that see play throughout formats. You're right, Ancient Tomb is one of them. Where Ancient Tomb is absolutely, uh, maybe not five color decks, but yeah. even five color decks can play it. Um, where it's like, yeah, literally, Ancient Tomb sees play and everything. And it's like in Legacy, any deck that uh, is trying to be fast is playing the Ancient Tomb. Like Ancient Tomb is such a ubiquitous card where it's like, oh, you, your fair Delver decks, you know, that are like super mana efficient are playing it, but it's like, oh, you're, there's Black Stompy, there's, you know, Red, White Stompy, there's White Stompy. Eight casts, yeah. They're all over, and yeah. Ancient Tomb is all over the place in the format. And it's, in, uh, if 
not for rule zero, which is making, you know, players play weaker decks. Ancient Tomb would also be all over Commander, and it is in CDH. It's yeah, like I mean, that's CDH like an automatic include in almost every CDH deck, yeah. Yeah, um, except for maybe. They, they, uh, there's, also, there's the ones that have, like, the like same kind of uh, Delver feel, yeah. where it's like um, you're just trying to be hyper-efficient uh, to the point of, like, everything's pips. So it's yeah. like Ancient Tomb doesn't do anything. I, I have uh, and, uh, Anya Falconrath. Uh, and that deck doesn't really want it because I'm trying to create a red and a black mana and get my thing down and then win the game. So yep, yeah. two colorless just, isn't helping. Spin through your whole deck, yeah. yeah. And is a silly card. Another thing about the sheer card pool I find extremely interesting is sometimes the failure to recognize that cards don't translate to commander. And I think that comes in the form yeah. of very specifically Brainstorm. Yeah, um, Brainstorm is a classic it is, example. It is very high. It, Brainstorm is one of, if not the most powerful card in legacy period like it, it is and like that is the completely you know they don't want to ban it that's fine like and it, it's not really a broken card or it is a broken card that's not true it is a broken card but it, it is it's, it's broken in a fun way that makes gameplay not unfun so yeah. like when you think of like oko being a broken card like i would say brainstorm's a better card than oko but the different the vast difference is a card like oko's play patterns are incredibly unfun whereas brainstorm makes for more fun play while being broken so yeah. that's what's fun. So going back to Commander, players look at Legacy, see how powerful it is, and just throw it into a Commander deck. Not if always the optimal if, uh, play there. <laughs> when you don't have the consistency to shuffle your deck at the rate of, like Legacy, you always have a fetch line. You always have that ability to fetch. It's very rare you get Brainstorm locked. If, if you get Brainstorm locked in Commander, which is much more highly likely, it's just Brainstorm's terrible if you can't shuffle. It's yeah. terrible. Like, it's not a good effect. It's, you know, it's not what you want to be doing. But when you can shuffle, it's broken. And that's why in Legacy, it's broken. In Commander, you can't do that. And I find it's it very also interesting. better in Force. <laughs> it's, it's much better in Force, <laughs> yeah. which is, that is very true. Uh, it, it's just not, Commander is like a format where you just, the things that Brainstorm does, you don't really need, per se. It's still really, really good when you're shuffling your deck, but it's like, I don't know how, like, even if I'm if I'm playing a five color deck, I only have in my hundred deck you have the ten actual fetch lands, prismatic vista, and maybe one other. I can't think of fable passes. We'll say you're playing yeah. all those. That's twelve in a hundred card deck. Whereas in legacy, you're you can you're playing like somewhere between eight and twelve fetch lands in yeah, a sixty 10, card yeah. deck. So it's like that's a huge difference for the consistency of shuffling. Yep. Yeah, I think another thing is is that so when uh, when we're talking about like as a legacy player, I'm buying the commander decks, right? You're gonna you're gonna buy them anyhow because you're like, oh, I need this card or that card, and then yep. you just have a stockpile of like, you know, half eaten uh, legacy or legacy decks, EDH decks, <laughs> and uh, and and you've got to do something with those cards that are just bulk sitting around. So uh, one of the reasons why I got sort of into EDH is because I was like, well, I've got these decks. And I have all this all this bulk that's like super fun to play that I'll never play otherwise. And I just started throwing them into random EDH decks. Like I have, if we look up here, there's my EDH decks. It's a lot of EDH <laughs> it's, decks. It's like 25 decks. Uh, and it's just because like I just have the cards and I just want to like, okay, like let's play. Like let's, you know, let's throw a bunch of random cards together. And here's my, this is my theme of this deck and I'm just doing it. So you don't have to like, break the bank on a mana base or whatever, you can just throw it together and be like, okay, we're going to have fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Commander is 
uh, that is a vast difference. Like, where if you if you want to compete in Legacy, most decks are going to always cost you something very expensive. You can really just play with a pre-con. Uh, you can just go spend what should be like 30 or 40 bucks, but it is now <laughs> six. The, the new ones are 80 to $140. Absolutely absurd. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. we're not here to, I'm not here to complain about all that. I can complain about that for hours. That's a whole nother, yeah. that's a whole nother podcast. But uh, you can really just go buy a, um, a commander precon and play and have fun. Uh, whereas if you do that with legacy, you're just going to owe for every event. It's like, oh, I went and I spent like $50 to get a legacy deck. It's like, you'll have some fun, but you're, you're never, you're not going to win. You're not going to compete. Like, the, even the cheapest decks, which are like what a cast is, like probably the cheapest. Yeah, probably deck one of the cheapest, like at least at a, at a competitive tier. Yeah, tier like one 2, deck. It's like the cheapest. It's still several hundred dollars. It's still it's, like it's like two thousand bucks actually. Yeah, it's two thousand. Yeah, I approximately. Thought was, I thought it was way cheaper than that. <laughs> no, unfortunately, what? it's about two thousand dollars for for eight cast. God, God legacy. <laughs> what is, what is, oh, force, force of wills. What, force what is, of wills, ancient tombs, mox opals. Oh, you know, Mox Opals. Too. Yeah, Mox Opals are, are a big part of it, too. Um, yeah, I, Cast is such a fun deck, but... It's, I mean, I, and it's still, like, like, relatively easy to get into as far as, like, you can acquire these cards over time, you know? Yeah, okay, I got a subject to bring up for this that yeah. I don't think is on the script here. A big thing that affects both of our formats hugely is the reserve list. Um, hugely. Uh, it's the reason that, ultimately, you can't have... Um, uh, you can't really have Paper Legacy anymore. Like, it does exist, like, in a yeah. small the big, the big tournaments exist, yeah. Yeah, and it's, but it's still so tiny. Uh, and Magic Online shows that the, the, the format's still relatively popular. Like, people care about this format and like this format, but it's what's, being, what's driving so many people away from it is the price, which is driven highly, highly by the reserve list. Yeah. And one of the big things, it does the same thing to Commander, where it's like, we don't get to play dual lands. It's like, it's a reason that CDH is even less popular because it's like, if you want to play CDH, you want to build your deck, you need dual lands. Like that is the, like when you build a CDH deck, you're building to be as optimal, optimal as, possible. as possible. That is yeah. that is what it's CDH, I don't know if your fans probably know, but it's competitive yeah. commander. It's competitive commander. So you're building for those 1%. So you're trying to make your deck as much as possible. And even though like getting all the dual lands probably increases your 1% but like, 0.5 that's it like it's yeah. not much you're still going to get that because yeah that you want to be as competitive as possible when you're playing in the competitive scene and that drives people away from commander as well on the same scene it's sad because the i i really just the reserve list hurts so much for these formats well i think that to that end i think that's why cd cedh over the past like four years has risen in popularity so much because so much of that community is proxy friendly um, and that, and, true, that yeah. has, and that has created this sort of like, well, you know, like I don't have to spend like, uh, you know, $800 to, to build this deck. I can just like put it together and then like proxy the other couple of cards. And, and there we go. We can go and you know, like, there's a couple places that run those tournaments and you can go and compete and like have, have a pretty good time. Have, have basically what is a legacy experience on the cheap. And I think that's one of the things that, that, that particular version of commander has going for it is the is the uh the embracing of, of the proxy uh, situation yeah i honestly think it's something overall that should be like 
the the commander community overall is very very proxy friendly which is amazing yeah um it just what ends up happening like the only reason legacy can't be the only reason is because it, what the events that run are officially sanctioned and wizards just can't allow that right it's, yeah i mean it makes sense that they can't allow it but it's like it kind of sucks it's like i wish that i i really do wish that like if they they would only make one exception that reserve list cards could be proxy it's like that just makes sense yeah it's like these are cards that like i my favorite argument that bz has made and it, every every single commander player who's playing a blue black deck or a legacy player who wants to play a blue black deck needs underground c at least one yeah. uh for whatever deck they're playing if it's a blue black deck there's not enough underground c's to commander decks or to legacy decks and to that end, that is hugely problematic. There is nothing else like that in Magic the Gathering. Um, there is plenty of every other card in existence that everyone who wants to play one can. Are some of them expensive? Yes. And prohibitively expensive? Yes. That's that's just, that exists. But they can always reprint those. Yeah. Uh, and even when they become prohibitively expensive, we can get new versions of these cards. That can't happen. Uh, and we are stuck in a place where literally the number of players who want Underground Seed is greater than the number of underground seats yeah. and that sucks uh to, that we're stuck in that spot where everybody can't play the cards they want uh and not in literally not because they can't afford them but because they don't exist there doesn't exist enough of these cards yeah. for everyone who wants to play them to play them yeah it's funny to think of it in that in those terms because when you think about like you know alpha beta unlimited and and revive for for dual land purposes only so many were made you know, and there are now, you know, I, I don't know what the exact number of people that play Magic are concerned. And I want to talk about those surveys in just a second as well. But, <laughs> you know, they know, they know, they know the amount of the the amount of people and the number is, is vastly larger than the number of underground seas that exist in the universe, you know? It's, yeah, it's a sad, uh, I mean, hopefully that, hopefully over the years or hopefully something changes. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, like, I can't, like, I am not wizards. I don't make these calls. I don't know yeah. why they're, they can, and ultimately, I mean, no, I do know why. Like, I would say I don't know why, but I can give you the vast reason why they don't reprint the reserve list. They don't think it'll make them money. They yeah. think it'll lose them money. That's the only, and that is the only That is reason. the correct answer, yeah. And the correct answer is always money, right? It's just like, why won't they reprint the reserve list? They feel it will be, it'll cost them more money than it'll make them, period. Joe, have you ever taken those surveys that Wizards of the Coast does? Uh, once, a while ago, I find them laughably bad uh, i actually i agree uh, with you <laughs> i find them laughably bad and also i think it leads to misconceptions on wizards part of this yeah. is before you get into your your part about the survey I have, I have an interesting anecdote about it i think it's the reason that we don't like so you know how they keep making all these changes to standard they just change rotation it's yeah. because i i believe uh this is i do not have a lot of evidence for this but i believe it's because of those surveys they ask people what they don't like about standard and they said rotation the real answer is people don't know what they don't like about standard uh the, the there is something people hate about standard and that's fair and like i do i know what it is no but i know that people don't know what it is they don't know why they don't like the format and that's and so what it's leading to is what just asking they're getting answers and these just yeah, aren't the right answers there's like people, a there's a bot there's a bias already built into the into the survey what, what do people, this for. is so the yeah what is the survey and they're answering what do people think they don't like about this it's not what they actually don't like about it. 
Well, the reason why I ask about the survey is I, I would take them occasionally, especially as, as a legacy person. I would try and take it and, and skew it as much toward legacy as possible, which is already hard to do because, like, really, are they listening to me? Probably mm. not. But one of the things that I kind of never understood until I started playing EDH was the was in these surveys, they always had this thing, like, what's the most important thing about Magic the Gathering to you? And there would always be, like, a scale of, like, I firmly agree, I completely disagree. And one of one of the things that they would always ask is like, how important is this to you? Uh, being able to express yourself through deck building. And I was always just like, what does that mean? I don't agree with it at all. Until I started playing EDH, and I kind of understood where that where they were going with that because I don't see myself uh, in Legacy as like, oh, I am a eight cast player. I am a Delver player. Like, even even my my online persona is is Dirtle Magus, and most of the decks I play are not control decks. Uh, they just used to be. But like, I, I see myself as more mercurial and competitive. But when I'm playing EDH, building decks that are like weird and fun, that's like, that that's where the expressing yourself sort of comes into play. Yeah, it's super interesting. See, the term expressing yourself uh, uh, always hit me the wrong way because I never looked at it as a form of self-expression. Uh, self-expression, I feel like, is something much deeper. Uh, yeah. What I, I look at it as just like, what do I, what do I find fun? And I didn't. I never really put it into the term self-expression personally. Like this is not how I ever thought about yeah. it. But like it does. But it does make sense. I do build decks that are unique to me in ways, and that is something unique to Commander, right? That is something you don't get anywhere else. Where so, like you can brew in Legacy, obviously, where it's like you can make you can like you know maybe put like two or three fun cards that kind of are off meta. But ultimately, if you go too far, you'll just start losing. You just lose. So you really can't do it at some point. Where in Commander, you can just go the crazy route. And it's like, sure, you might lose, but it, that ultimately doesn't matter because the ultimate goal is fun. So if you're having fun, then that's what matters. Like, I, a lot of my decks I build are just big stompy. And like I said, I wouldn't personally use the term self-expression. It's just what I enjoy. Uh, it's not me expressing myself in a way or like... Like, I don't know, self-expression has a very deep meaning to me, much deeper than it yeah, goes in Magic the Gathering, yeah. where it's like, I, we, we're, when, we can get, when you get, like, gender identity, it's, like, literally, like, something much deeper than, like, it's just, I, I play the cards I find fun, and yeah. I find big, stompy, dumb things fun. That's what I enjoy about Magic the Gathering, whereas somebody else might literally enjoy, you know, anything. Like, BZ, for example. BZ likes to, wants to reanimate everything from his graveyard, <laughs> and he wants to do it over and over and over again in the silliest fun ways and he, oh and he wants to cast a million and one spells like he just wants to he wants to spin his wheels to the point but it's like those are completely different play styles yeah that it's like that's what like you you pick what you like and you do it in commander well i, I think that's uh that is a particularly great segue to a, a small point that i want to make and that is that both both formats have sort of an argument right now on the playability of grave titan uh, really? <laughs> Commander has... Or wait, Legacy, anybody thinks that it's playable? So, Grave Titan used to be a prime reanimation target. That yeah. was the card, That was the card. if your opponent had a Caracas in play, or a way to get rid of Grizzlebrand, you were entombing a Grave Titan and playing that, and that got around Liliana, which doesn't see any play anymore. Uh, uh, but at, at, there was a point in time where that was the second best thing to be reanimating. Yeah, I assume Archon has completely overtaken. Yes, that. yeah, Archon, <laughs> Archon just en ended that. But I know that uh, th that's kind of a meme for you yes. guys. Is 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 uh, Grave Titan? 
yeah, nitpicking nerds. Uh, I, I love the, I do love this story. Years ago, uh, we were we had a Twitter account with like maybe 40, 50 followers, maybe a hundred. I don't know. It was not. We didn't use Twitter basically at the time. Uh, so we made a video all about cards that we basically thought if you're trying to power up your commander deck, you should never play. And one of the highlights, of the, no, not the highlights. One of the cards in the video that we thought nothing of was Grave Titan, and then, like literally. Uh, we feel in Commander, if you're trying to power up your deck and you're and you're trying to make it stronger, Grave Titan's an easy cut. It really doesn't it doesn't provide anything yeah. unique that you can't get somewhere else for less mana. Um, so overall, vanilla like vanilla temp power for six mana is not good in Commander. That's terrible. It's not a good rate. That's not what you want to be. That's not what you want to be doing. And I know it makes more after an attack, but it's like even if you can guarantee two attacks, like you want a vanilla. You want to play six mana for vanilla 14 powers like that's still yeah by the vanilla. time people are ostensibly getting eight mana they're doing things that are much more powerful than 14 exactly. mana spread across five bodies right well, 14 power spread across yeah, five Grave bodies is six mana. six mana yeah i'm saying like by the next oh. by the time like you've gotten those extra bodies oh like everyone's yes, got yes, eight, yes. Pow eight, eight yeah mana exactly it's just like you can yeah. do much more powerful things at that mana cost and like i know you don't need to do broken big things but the whole point of this video was hey if looking to improve your deck, here's cards we would cut. Yeah. And for some reason, this caught on. The, this video became like uh, we were we were said to be encouraging pub stomping, which we never were. <laughs> we literally never encouraged anything along no, the, along no. the lines of pub stomping. Uh, and it just turned into a thing. But the card defended most from this video, just like unbelievably, was Grave Titan. And it was mind boggling because it wasn't even the strongest card we put in the video. Yeah. Uh, like. We put other like stronger cards that were like more defendable than Grave Titan. So it's just like, what is this? So it's like it turned people into love like Grave Titan, man. People love Grave Titan. <laughs> ultimately, I know why. The card is cool. Uh, Grave Titan as a cool card is like top of the line, and it's why it still sees playing Commander. Yeah. Is it? It is a giant that has the zombies pouring out of its stomach. Uh, it is grotesque. It is cool and. It, people love it and it does have combos though you can count that those combos that it does have are all doable with cheaper cards uh but people love it and this hate uh became a meme and it just the it became the nitpicking nerds hate grave titan it's like i how do i really feel about grave titan i am so indifferent about grave titan i just don't care about it i would never put it in my deck um i've tried um even for like the memes where it's like i was like okay I built Ishin, uh, who is doubles attack trigger. So I'm like, let's try Grave Titan. Grave Titan has an attack trigger. This is interesting. It ended up just being, I had to, every time I would add cards, it was always the top card to cut. It underperformed at every corner. And it's just, it really isn't good in Commander. And I've played against it. I've played with it plenty of times to tell you that it's just not impactful enough to put into a Commander deck um, if you're looking to be up in the seven or greater power. Now, if you're yeah. lower than that, it's fine, obviously. And obviously, I'm just using the number scale, which is obviously out of date and not very good. But I, I, there's, there's, just, there's just not, not a much better way. If you're looking to play a powerful, tuned commander deck, cut great deck. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I might still have it in Sephiris. But like that, that deck is just fine. full of things that like I, I just want to get a creature into the graveyard that I can get out of the graveyard. So like you get to a point where you're like, well, this will do, I guess. But it's also completely fair to play. It's not yeah. like like when I say this card is bad, I don't mean you. Sh that doesn't mean you shouldn't play it. It means if you're looking for power, you shouldn't play it. Yeah, it's like exactly. just a vast difference. And as we've gone over <laughs> many times in this video already, Commander is about fun. 
So ultimately, it just doesn't even matter. If I say a card is bad power-wise, and you want to play it, it just doesn't matter that I said that. And I think there is a big... There's I don't know if this is true for Legacy, but in Commander, there is a big issue with... Um, if you call a card bad, players take it personal. They turn it into... Uh, when I say Grave Titan is bad, and they play Grave Titan in their deck, that turns into, well, I play Grave Titan in my deck, you're saying I'm bad. It's like, no, that's never the case. <laughs> when I say a magic card is bad, it does not mean the player playing it is bad. Like, oh my god, I, there's actually, I could go into like, <laughs> I could go into a whole spiel about saying how people just don't understand that a critique of something they might be a part of or be playing is not a critique of them. It's like yeah. if people just fail to understand that in so many ways. It's just like I would. But Joe, I, I think you've just summarized the internet today in 2003. It's so <laughs> it's very true. I mean, I think like let me a very broad example is I. It's like uh, I can say Wizards of the Coast of the company is terrible and doing terrible things, which I think is true, uh, and they are handling magic poorly in a lot of ways. But that doesn't extend. So like, for example, Gavin Verhey. I am in no way insulting Gavin Verhey as a guy. human who is just a great human who is doing good things. Just, be, just because the company he works for is not the best does not mean he is problematic. It's like, yeah. oh, which of the coast is problematic, therefore the workers are? No, that's just not how it works. That's how people take, when you say Grave Titan's bad, they take it as I'm bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do agree with you that the stewardship of the game is under duress. At, at the very least. But I don't think that that means that the actual individual employees that work there are bad people. You know, <laughs> like there are people making bad decisions for sure. But yeah. like, I think, I think attacking them or, or even like, I mean, there's just so many things that are going on. Like if they, if they put a gun to my head and said, look, we can, uh, we can shoot you or do the reserve list or like you get fired or the reserve list. Uh, I'm going to be like, yeah, well, like, that's fine. Like keep the reserve list. I just want to keep my job. You know, like that, yeah, you know, and, and there are, there are decisions that, that real human beings have to make on somewhat of a daily basis that, that, you know, uh, parallel that it, to some way, not, maybe not to that extreme, but they have careers and stuff like that, that they're, that they're exactly. pursuing. So it's impossible to, uh, at least to I me, it's impossible expect, to blame I can never, yeah, it, exactly. You, it, it's so important to differentiate that. It is so, so important, but a lot of people don't do it that you can call out something that is problematic and the people who necessarily are there doing it or um, I, an example, and like uh, you can cut this in the video if you don't want. Um, I've been very vocally against um, the ambassador program uh, because of how it's being run. I just believe, uh, to put it simply, I believe creators deserve money and not just product for the yeah, work no, that they well, are. I, the I'm product. leaving that in for sure. Yeah, for the, for the work that they are doing. <laughs> That's simply what I believe. I believe that the ambassador program should be paying the content creators in cash. Yeah. Now, should they get the product as well? Yes, that's awesome, and it helps them. But I do- It's also, the I, product is quote-unquote free for which is the coast exactly. to be Exactly, it is, Let's be for it real. is costing them next to nothing to yeah. give. And uh, from what I can tell, I do not have the contract. I, I, they are under NDA, I do not have all, everything. From what I can tell, they do have to do a certain amount of content. The, uh, everything under, I would assume, assume, Everything under the hashtag MTG Ambassadors is something that Wizards of the Coast wants them to be doing. And there's, I don't know if there's more, I assume there's more that they have to do to get this stuff, but this should just be paid in cash. And when I criticize the Ambassador program and I call out all the problematic things I see, I am in no way, in no way ever 
ever saying anything bad about the ambassadors. I am friends with so many of the ambassadors. I love every, almost every single one. I actually, I can't think of any of them that I don't like. They're all great people. They're all great content creators. And I would have taken that deal in a heartbeat in the beginning before yeah. I was being more critical of it. Uh, I wouldn't take it now more out of principle. I still think the deal would be good for me to take if it was offered to me, but out of principle right now, because I am being so vocal against it, I want to be consistent with what I'm saying. I wouldn't take it without there being cash offered in that contract. Um, and so well, that was but the same I, thing with like the, the um, pod players. Like they were like, we're going to give you a, a, a gift certificate to like Joanne's. Are you, I'm like, are you serious? Get the hell out of here. The old, yes, you go back, take a step back even further how long tens of years were wizards paying judges in product it was terrible well pay them in exposure yeah it's garbage and that just is not it is not okay now if we were talking about a small indie company that was trying to do these things okay it's way more understandable we're talking about a billion dollar company that can afford to pay these people cash and simply put they're not they need to be paying these people cash i believe and that they're getting they're getting this at a discount like you could you could literally be like well we'll pay you a hundred dollars a video or whatever and i'd be like yeah sure i'll take that like i i just want to do good by the thing that i love but like when when you're at a point where it just feels like you're being taken advantage of that i think that's where the lines crossed you know like exactly it's like you're and there there's a the, the people being it feels like people are being taken advantage of and that's where it feels bad because this is what uh, people are seeing um, a, a, an ambassador sees my tweet and they feel I say hey you're I feel like you're being taken advantage of and they're like I don't feel that way well it's like that's okay but it's like it's okay that you don't feel the same way as I yeah. do and even if none of the ambassadors felt they were taken advantage of it's still on paper looks like they're being taken advantage of yeah. um, in such a way um, like content is hard you know it I know yeah. it we've been doing content for a long time yeah, man. this is not it's not like making content is easy. It's not like it doesn't take hours and hours and hours to produce content. So for Wizards to be getting it ostensibly for free just does not sit right with me. Um, and I will stand up and I will say this. I think this program is extremely problematic. It's just, I all I want is what's best for all the creators. I don't need to be part of this program. I don't care. If, if I would... All I, all like people, there's been a huge thing where it's like, people are like, oh, people are jealous of the program. And like, some people are jealous. That is true, right? It's like, there is jealousy. And I, and I'm, and I'm going to admit in the beginning, I felt that jealousy. I definitely felt that jealousy, but over the time, it's like my problems with this program don't stem from jealousy. They stem from wanting the creators to get what's best for them. And for this business, just not to be taking advantage of people. It's like, it's like. This, this program can both be doing some good in that it is helping a lot of creators and still be extremely problematic in that it's not paying creators in what pays the bills, money. Money pays yeah. bills. And uh, I a lot of people love this argument. And this was an old one used for the judge. This stuff that they're getting is worth money that they can sell. That's not a good argument. It's yeah, never been a good argument. Uh, ultimately, selling pay something- pay me in a house. I'll take a house. It's like ultimately <laughs> selling something takes time and effort to yeah. do so now you're you're putting that time and effort on them where it's like that's just not how it should be they should oh they really should be paying these creators in cash I, I just support i support content creators and i know how hard this this game is and like i said i would have taken the deal in the heartbeat so i'm not i am in no way faulting anyone for taking the deal i support you for taking the deal i support you for doing what you feel is best for your content creation career because that is ultimately it probably is best for your content creation career to take that deal yeah but 
that doesn't mean that I think the deal is good. Um, that doesn't like it's just I feel it's problematic. And also, this extends back to what we were saying before, where I'm not criticizing uh, the head of this. I believe is Diana Demarco. Yeah. I believe is her name. She's awesome. Uh, she's a very nice, kind human. I've met her. I've chatted with her. I have nothing but nice experiences with her. She's the head of it, and I am not criticizing her. I'm criticizing the. She program probably also itself. didn't choose that particular deal. You of know, like she's not. just the face. <laughs> exactly. She's just the person running it. She's yeah. just the person who she is the head of what kind con something relations. I don't know. Yeah. She has some technical content title. creator That's relations, just, I believe. Like, yeah. Yeah, and she's put into a position where it's like. Sure, she might want to, even if even if she wants to pay content creators cash, she has to go through a ton of red tape to get there, right? Yeah. So it's like, I am not criticizing the people, the, the person running this program. I'm criticizing the company as a whole. This program is doing good, but it is ultimately, in my opinion, taking advantage of content creators, and that is not good. Yeah. So uh, personally, I didn't feel like uh, I, I had a, a like tinge of jealousy there because. I just never felt like they, that I was someone that they would pick to be to be an ambassador. So it never was a situation where I was like, oh, like I, I'm bummed that they didn't pick me or whatever. Cause I'm gonna do what I'm, I I've been doing what I've been doing for free for 12 years now. Um, but uh, there's a solidarity there with the with the other people working, you know, like, and, and that to me, I completely agree with your point where it's just like, come on, like people working deserve money. That's just, it's that simple. It's its like the bottom line, you know? Yeah, don't pay people, don't, don't pay people in product. I just, it's just not a good way to go. It's not a good look. Um, it's also, um, I cannot confirm or deny this because I have no clue what the contract says. Uh, but on paper, it looks like what is called bartering, um, which is uh, a, just the legal term for the exchange of goods and services for other goods and services. Um, and it, it could be worded in some other way, but that's what it looks like bartering. And if it's bartering, not only do the creator, if it is bartering, which I can, again, I am not complete. I don't have a contract and I can't have it looked at because so I do not know. So to be very clear, because I posted this on Twitter the other day, they will have to pay, if it is bartering, they will have to pay hundreds on tax in this. Yeah. They got nearly 13 hundred dollars in in market value product and so they got like three or four hundred dollars in like goods that they're gonna have to be taxed on like they're gonna have to pay out at least that much well so uh, in bartering uh i did a lot of research on bartering because I, I i i've been like i've been vocal about not liking this program so in bartering uh you just it's income it's taxed as yeah. income which is nearly which is somewhere between usually depending on what you're making a year like the lowest is 12%. The absolute lowest is 12%. The highest is like the, in the 30s. Wait, but that people, that's not going to be that high uh, for most people. But it's because of taxes income, it's also based on fair market value, which for the product they are getting, like I said, is $1,300. So it'll be treated yeah. as they were paid $1,300 in tax on it if it's bartering. Again, so they're literally bartering, losing money in that scenario. You would actively be having to basically pay for the product still. So yeah. while providing them a service and like, I, again, just none of it sits right now. Is there ways this contract could be worded that perhaps it isn't bartering? Maybe, but then it comes off as even weirder to me. Uh, Cause it's like, what's the other option? The only other option I can think of is it being gifts, right? Yeah. They can do it as gifts, but then the content creators are making content for free. Yeah. Right. In exchange for potential gifts. I don't know. It's, it's there's this, this whole contract, this whole thing, 
is it, it, I, I have a huge issue um, with the abuse of uh, another thing I've researched a lot recently is the abuse of NDAs by corporations. There is no need for this whole contract to be under an NDA. It is absolutely 100% not needed. The only thing that needs to be under an NDA within this contract is that you cannot spoil our product. Like when we send you Commander Masters early, you cannot show that early. That is what needs an NDA. That yeah. is necessary. It's very, very important. But the there is no reason for this contract to have an NDA. And the simple fact of the matter is the only reason I have so many friends who are ambassadors. The only reason I can't give you a full rundown of this is because they can't show me. Which and they're, I, yeah, because they're and sticking, I would never, to the, sticking to the rules. Yes. I would never expect them to break the law yeah. and break an NDA for me. So it's so frustrating that I can't get that I as somebody who wants to be informational and supportive and like report to this community about stuff. I can't give you the full details. And it's only because this NDA is in place purely to protect wizards. It does not, it does not in any way help the content creators. And that's what, and that's how this whole thing feels, right? You know how this feels to me, uh, Joe is, I don't know how, how heavy you are into the Dungeons and Dragons, like OGL stuff, but it feels like that. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I mean, it's all like that. Um, I mean, we, I mean, I, I can get even political. We, we just live in a society. We live in America, which benefits corporations beyond belief. Uh, and everything is to benefit corporations. And ultimately all these deals, everything Wizards is doing that's helping the community isn't to help the community, it's to yeah, help them. Let's, let's and be everything honest, benefits it's definitely them. to help them. <laughs> it's all, it's, we and, all know that. And, and of course, on some level, that's always going to be true, right? But when it is so in fate, when, when everything is so in favor of them, it is horribly problematic. There's just, they need to be doing more to actually support the content creators instead of this, it's a facade. I would almost say it's a facade to look like they're supporting content creators. Cause that's, it, it doesn't like, they're like, we are supporting content creators, but it's like, not really. No, Only, they just bought, they just got a bunch of free advertisements. Yeah, no. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. They're paying, they're, and they're not yeah. even paying for the free advertisement. They're sending product to them for these free advertisements, and it's, it's just, it's horrible. It's, I, I don't like it. Like, I, I mean, ultimately, I just, what, like, I'm always gonna speak out against. Which, like, going forward, I, uh, my channel was never about, uh, in the, in the past, nitpicky nerds before I left. We were just never about this kind of news stuff. Uh, I'm going forward. I am going to be covering this kind of stuff a lot more. Like I much, I want to be vocal against like horrible pro Like I want to, I want to be more along the lines of like doing what the professor and President Kenobi are doing, where they are very outspoken against Wizards of the Coast, which just needs. It's, it's so important. This yeah. company is constantly taking advantage of its fan base. Well, it's not even over. that they're unspoken about Wizards of the Coast. They're just critical of their bad moves. Critical. Like I'll, when they I'll, make a bad move, they're critical, and I think yeah. that's that's an important part of any fandom. Yes, exactly. And a lot of people, I, and ultimately another thing that this ambassador program does is it puts, uh, though it's probably not, though I have no clue, not in their contract that they can't say like anything bad about Wizards of the Coast. They're not, they're just not going to, right? Like yeah. if you're an ambassador and this is an opportunity for you, you're not going to start saying, yeah, you couldn't, hey. you couldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and so you end <laughs> right? up in this weird situation where what there's 80, 80 to a hundred ambassadors, something like that. Um, and all of these people who are content creators who talk about the game are not going to talk and, and are getting free Commander Masters product, aren't going to talk about the real problem with Commander Masters, which is its price point. Like, 
we are seeing like so to kind of come back here commander masters as a shot uh is really is a greatly designed set i will say that i want to give that to give credit where credit is due the set is a really really fa- fantastically designed I, great reprints too uh, in yeah. like because i'm in a situation where i am not struggling with money i'm going to buy some of it um and but what really sucks is this is for the casual format this is supposed to be a, a product commander is the format for the people for everybody everybody can play commander and for the product to have a 500 price point for a box is absurd and that sucks Criminal. that really 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 sucks that the average player can't get their hands on this um it's just i won't be buying it like i can't like you know i can't just throw out five hundred dollars uh you know while i'm looking for a job you know like that's crazy exactly and that sucks because this is i feel like uh one of my like i look at uh the six like i look back and like one of my least favorite so much two my two favorite sets of magic probably of all time at this point now are commander legends and commander legends baldur's gate now, both of them weren't perfect. Commander Le- So what I love about Commander Legends and Commander Legends is I love the draft formats. Um, Commander Legends printed a ton of awesome new cards. It did a ton of awesome new things, and it had splashy cool reprints. And where Baldur's Gate failed is it didn't have the splashy reprints, and it really didn't have value. But the boxes are like $80 still. Holy crap. Having that $80 box, it made that set amazing. And, and like the ha- like also, those cards aren't bad. You know, yes, like, yes, yes. You just didn't get like a jeweled lotus, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And it's a fun draft format. Exactly. And Commander Legends was like a hundred a box. That was perfect. And I, it, even though Commander Legends only came with the 24 draft packs, so it was less packs than normal, that was acceptable. It, it felt like an acceptable yeah. thing. And now we're getting 24 draft packs in our booster of Commander Legends for $500. Five times the price. Five times the price. What? And that is absolutely unacceptable um it is just it's not okay and the, we really need um and ultimately there's something else that we need to return off and it's msrp uh it's something that's not talked about a lot yeah msrp people don't understand why it's important because it's not talked about a lot but what is the reason that the commander legends sliver decks are currently 140 dollars is because there is no msrp there is no expected to be sold for value so places are just going to obviously they're going to sell it for as much as they can and people don't know where to expect these prices because we don't have an msrp whereas when you give an msrp for something it keeps prices near that right like hey msrp for these new commander decks are 60 dollars. okay we know to find and expect them at 60 dollars, but without an msrp we're just gonna get the highest prices people can charge yeah like you're gonna have to go to a target or something like that and like just hope that there's one there you know, to get a, to get like, it, it, what isn't even, still is not even a sane number to be paying for a command, a, a pre-con commander deck. You want to hear something hilarious? I hate uh, the business world. Like I legit, I am not a fan of the business I mean, world. I don't find that hilarious. I find that correct. Well, well what's <laughs> funny about, well, what's funny about it here is I do not like the business world as it exists. I don't, I don't even like being involved in it and I avoided it for as long as possible. Like I, I, the nitpicky nerds basically didn't get involved in any sort of like big businessy type things at all until relatively towards the end of like me leaving and that that, that wasn't the reason i left to be clear it just uh the last year we, we had gotten more business more businessy and i hate it but i know so much about it because i need to be critical of this damn company and i need to call them out because i i feel like i have some sort of obligation as i am a uh a talking head and a voice of the community so it's like i feel the obligation to 
research this stuff. Like I said, I know way more about NDAs than I care to ever know. I know way more about all of this crap, uh, like bartering. I never knew what bartering was to yeah. like six to like six or seven weeks ago when I started researching it. It's just like, or whenever the ambassador, whenever the ambassador program came out is when I started researching bartering. It's like, I don't want to know this stuff. I don't care. I hate this stuff with a fiery passion, but I, I feel like it's a necessity for me to know it because this company is run it's so crappily that I feel like people need to actually know and hear what's going on to the best of my knowledge. That's like, so and help people understand that, Hey, this, like, I know everyone says it, it's like, which of the coast just isn't your friend. And it's true. And which of the coast is not the friend of any of the, of the ambassadors. They're not friends to these people. They are, they are ultimately, and this will always be true. Even if they pay them cash, they are, there are means to an end. It'll always be that way. That is how businesses work. Everyone is everything all the customers the content creators everything is a means to an end they are not your friend they are nobody's friend they are a business and to remember that is super important because we want to believe that the game that we love cares about us but it doesn't it just and it never will it it just it can't in the system in the system that we live in let's my um as i go on to an anti-capitalist feel again uh <laughs> in the system that we live in it just cannot happen business will never care about people and the businesses that do care about people have a ceiling. What ends up happening, like, you, you just, like, there are a lot of great real businesses out there that put people first. Those businesses get stuck in the, this middle ground where they can't be the huge corporation. And that's just what happens when you put people first, which is unfortunate. That just, I mean, it just shows how broken the system is. Well, Joe, uh, I mean, we went a little <laughs> off the rails, but I'm kind of glad I went we did way because, off the rails. Yeah, oh, we went <laughs> off the rails, for sure. <laughs> Uh, and I'm, but I'm glad we did because this is very this, one. It needs to be said, and two, it's really important conversation. But uh, you know, coming up to to the end of the podcast, uh, one, I want to I want to give a quick shout out to uh, my my sponsor. Uh, you know them as well as I do, uh, Moxfield.com. The Moxfield.com is literally the best tech building website. I, I, I'll shout them out for you right now. <laughs> I, I use Moxfield.com all the time, and the fact that Mox, you want to hear something amazing. Speaking Harry, of businesses that are good for people, yes, right? businesses that are actively working and good for people. Harry, you want to know how good, that, how, like how much a business that actually cares about people? Harry reached out to me and offered me before I have my new thing to sponsor my channel. I don't have a channel yet. Harry is Harry and John are two of the most supportive human beings in the world. And like I said, business it is ultimately not that good for business, but it is good to see good people yes. doing good things for the community. The only reason Moxville exists is for the community and is only helping the community. They obviously are benefiting and getting their benefits out of this, but they did this for the community. Then like, yeah, I've had the pleasure of knowing these guys for 30 years now. And yeah, I only I only know? met them like two months ago. And like I said, I, like, I've talked to them online uh, for like two, the past two years, but like, honestly, John and Harry are two of, two of the nicest human beings I've ever met. And it's like, you wanna support a business, support Moxville, go with Patreon support Moxfield's Patreon uh, and so they can continue making that website as good as possible. Like, I just think about one of my favorite things that they just did recently. Uh, it, uh, they respond and they make things for people like very quickly. Uh, Thrabian Yu, uh, who makes legacy content actually. Yeah. Uh, Phil Gallagher, Phil Gallagher uh, awesome yeah. guy, I love Phil Gallagher. Uh, he makes he makes legacy content, but he was displeased at Moxfield.com was displaying if you put an ancient tomb uh, it was displaying because it would uh, Balin's you had, tomb. like yeah Balin's tomb. Yes, exactly. And so he was like, "Hey, can you fix this?" They did it in like a week. Yeah, they they, they got they did it. They made a little setting, check mark, 
uh, it will it won't display like those names. It's like, wow. It's like yeah. that is the kind of things that you love to see. It's like well, that's it's like a a great story is uh you know when we met at a at a Minneapolis, uh we were talking with uh with uh, aspiring Spike, and Harry. Oh yes. At, Harry looked at the the Twitch thing and realized that they could integrate Moxfield into Twitch. And you and I had planned with them to go out that Saturday night, and I got pretty tired, and they <laughs> yeah. ended up skipping it to create the integration to put Moxfield onto Twitch that night. Yes. That How, night, that's ridiculous. Listening and hearing what people have to say is absurd, and it helps yeah. them too, right? I love it. Like, uh, because it was me and Braden who were like, you should be doing Aspiring Spike because it's like, he's one of the most, it's like, his decks get a certain amount of views. Like, you want people on Moxfield? Get Aspiring Spike. And they did. And it, they put all that work in to get all of that. It's like, it's like, it's it's cool to see because they are doing it. it it's, it's, it is actually nice to see a business that is both simultaneously supporting and helping the community and they are getting their benefit. Like, yeah. they are, they're, they're doing that for a living. It's like, yeah. they understand that the people, the people out there, they're not taking advantage of them. They understand that these people are what makes the website exist. And they are, like I said, two of the nicest and sweetest humans in the world. And I, I love it. I absolutely yeah. like love, and not only, not only all that, the website is amazing. Yeah, the, and, is and it's like a very good product. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally like, I, I, I always you have this be memory. building your decks there. If you're not, and you're using redacted websites, yes. just give it a try. Give it a try. Go to moxfield.com. I will always have the memory of BZ using, uh, we, as the joke goes, redacted website. Because uh, we can't we can't say redacted website. But of course, he yeah. used it for 10 plus years. 10 plus years of building decks on redacted website. And then I, I started using Moxfield because uh, a friend of mine suggested it. And he was like, hey, try this. So I started using it. Like, this is really good. And like BZ try it. And he's like, I don't know. I've been using this other one for 10 years. And he's like, holy crap. This is like a hundred times better. So BZ gave up something he had been using for 10 plus years because this was that much better. Yeah. I had an app that I used on my phone that like I spent $5 on. And when my very good friend that I've known for over 30 years was like, I have built a deck building website. I was like, I don't know, man. I spent $5 on this other thing. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't ever let me forget that. Um, but, uh, that's pretty. That's a good story. I yeah. like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so I, I say I'll say this: Moxfield.com. They're amazing. You should be, definitely be checking them out, Joe. Uh, I, before before we head out, uh, so you you're working on a, a new channel. Do you want to tell us yep. anything about that? And you don't have I mean, to. But so so right now, I'm currently in the process of building everything. Um, I I am taking a lot of time. Um, I suspect by fall I will be making videos. If not fall, the the, the latest is the end of this year. Um, I'm taking my time. I'm going slow uh, because uh, I have a couple of things coming up. I am moving to Portland, Oregon, uh, in what is probably later next probably next month. At some point, I'll be moving to Portland, Oregon. Uh, hopefully, be there by September. I need to rent a place. I'm going to make a studio for this new place. It's going to be as professional as I can possibly make like a it. video studio. Yes, it's like nice. I'm renting. I'm renting an individual space. Uh, I am very fortunate that um, uh, I, uh, leaving the picky nerds, my uh, best friend BZ is taking care of me, uh, money wise. Um, so I am very fortunate. Like I said, he like I say this all the time, but it's like me leaving the picky nerds uh, was a really hard choice, and like there was sour feelings at first because it's hard. 
I changed yeah, my whole life around Business. this. Uh, I built my life around this channel. Uh, and leaving was the ultimately the right choice because BZ's my best friend and I would not trade. I wouldn't, I would gladly give up my half of the nitpicking nerds to have my best friend, uh, which is ultimately what I did because we were reaching a point where we just disagreed, which is okay. It's completely okay. But his support uh, leaving the channel is ultimately what makes me realize, yeah, he's an amazing friend because I am going to be able to start my own channel uh, because of him, uh, because he we're, we're taking the time to, he's, he's helping me, supporting me. He's going to shout me out and like, I'm going to do everything right. I'll be in Portland. Uh, if you want, if you want to be the first, I don't know if I have any subscribers yet. If anyone wants to try and find the channel with zero subscribers and no profile picture, yet, <laughs> I'm getting that made. Uh, Joe Cherry's MTG <laughs> does exist. It does exist on YouTube, but I don't think anyone subbed to it. And it doesn't even have a logo yet. So it's like even finding it would be. Oh, I'm about to become your first subscriber, my friend. <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm going to be making Magic the Guy content. I have plans to do a podcast with, uh, content creators um that live out there uh veggie wagon if you've ever heard of them and uh mauled hound they're both awesome yeah they're both they're such they're such nice humans and i'm super excited to do a podcast with them and like i i have big i have big, i have lots and lots and lots of big plans i have uh, this really really long script written out all about like magic the gathering formats that i'm planning on doing but it's all it's all it's so much in the works but nothing is up yet <laughs> well awesome yeah and don't hesitate to tap to tap us over here of course you know um yeah it's, it's so great to it's so great to see that you're uh moving on to to another project and and uh, I, I you know I, I i know i'm speaking for myself but i think i'm speaking for a lot of people watching we kind of can't wait to see what to see what you come up with thank you i i, I can't like i am very excited like i said there, there was a there was a grief period as with everything where it's like i was I was struggling. It's like, I always knew I was going to come back and do more content. I wasn't even sure if I was going to do magic content. Basically, I thought it might be too hard, but it's like, ultimately, that's it's one of the things I care about the most. And it's like uh, Magic the Gathering as a game uh, ultimately is just amazing. Uh, I love this game. I have a deep passion for this game. I love Commander and I love all formats, really. Like, like I said, I do love Legacy. Uh, I watch so much. I've considered like in the past month downloading MTGO just to play Legacy. Uh, I watch so much of that content. I love legacy content. I love modern content as well. Uh, it, but I don't, it's hilarious. I don't like commander content. I make commander content, uh, but I can't, I, I think it's because I'm so engulfed in making commander content that I don't consume a lot yeah. of it. I, uh, I feel the exact same way. I've only really started uh, like really grokking other like legacy content. Cause I, I think, I think it's important to, to an extent to, to yeah. uh, I think Stephen King said it best. If you're not reading, then why the heck are you writing, right? Uh, and so uh, I think it's important to get that content. But one of the things I don't like is like I, I hate watching gameplay content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you please? Interesting. I so I make it a, a an, the only the, I make a really big effort to watch uh, Veggie Girl and uh, or Veggie Veggie Girl <laughs> Veggie Wagon and Nerd Girl. They have a show. I make a big effort to watch that because they are very, very good friends. And I absolutely like their show is very fun. I'm also going to be guessing on it. I, I could not, if there was ever a gameplay show, I would suggest it is theirs. I okay. love those two to death. They are just lovely humans who are supportive and just want to help the community. I can't like, uh, but they're the, they're the only ones I watch. It's, and it's only, it's because they're just amazing humans. Like I, I also, I, I felt, I fall, I fall in that way for, for commander gameplay, because I do watch gameplay of legacy. Like I was saying, uh, and legacy and modern, but I can't commander gameplay. There's something about it. I think, um, the, I've seen it before maybe as part of it. Like yeah. I've seen, I watched for a sure. lot of, uh, uh, command zone in the day. 
I've watched some, you know, like a bunch of them. But my partner, who's actually sitting on the couch over there, watches all of them. I don't know how he does it. Like literally, like <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's like I. The, the most content I consume is hearing the content on his computer yeah. uh, while I am doing something on my computer. I mean, my 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 wife doesn't even play the game, and I think uh, she enjoyed nitpicking nerds out of all the stuff that I would just be watching constantly. You know, just be on, and she's like, "Oh, there they are." You know, we, try, we always try to be fun. Um, yeah, and that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do too. It's like being fun and just having an enjoyable thing. It's actually the reason. Uh, if you don't like, I don't know if you do know Maldhound and Veggie. The reason I brought them, I want them to be my co-hosts on the podcast I'm doing. Um, one, they live in Portland. Very important. Yeah. <laughs> Very they important can to have get there. Yeah, exactly. And the second is they're hilarious. They are two of the most fun humans I know. Like both of them do. Uh, pseudo comedy content uh well they okay. just do do comedy content like Baldhound got huge on tiktok uh guest on the professor show and uh it, now he's doing youtube and he's still killing he's still oh killing. i now now i know who he is i yeah, know who he, he is he yeah, does yeah. He, he he his claim to fame is the commander roast if you've seen yeah that. yeah he's like this guy over here yeah, yeah. and he puts out yeah. a facade <laughs> what? The, the most he is the nicest dude and the funniest thing to me was how normal he was in person. Uh, I talked about it because it's like he puts out like, you know, it's cut. It's life will do it. You do a character and that's what yeah. he's doing. He's doing Unfortunately, a this character. is just my persona at all times. Yeah, that's me too. I am. Uh, yeah. Joe Cherry's uh, is an extension of me. Uh, yeah. Like, is there slight differences? Of course, I swear a lot more in real life. Yes. Uh, but, but like, <laughs> Same. like this is, Joe Cherry's is an extension of me. Uh, but like Hound is a character. So it was interesting when he started talking to me. He's like, "Ah, yes, I am very normal human who does normal things." I'm like, "Stop it! You go to <laughs> make fun of commanders right now and be silly." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will say this about about uh, all that content. You know, the stuff that I like and the stuff that I don't like. So much has changed over the last even five years that uh, having checked out some gameplay content now, it's just so different uh, that that like it has actually become enjoyable for me. Uh, so. It, it, it does behoove us to sort of check check in every now and again and see if a, a certain kind of content is something we enjoy now, too. I don't know. I want to see something different on a gameplay. I don't know what. Uh, I've had ideas in my own head uh, of, like, things that I could, but it's like all of it feels same-me. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, there's definitely the big, a formula. The biggest, draws for real. These, the biggest draws to each commander channel is the personalities, right? So, because what can you do differently? It's like, well, if you're just... You're, Putting, playing cards, doing this. Also, Magic, I, personally, Magic just isn't an exciting game to watch without uh, overall. It's They've one been of the it's one of, since it's, since the first Pro Tour to show it on Magic's TV. Biggest weaknesses uh, is that it is boring. <laughs> yeah. It is uh, from an from an observer's perspective. As a game, it is not boring at all. Uh, as from an observer perspective, the game is horribly boring, yeah. and it's it sucks uh, that that is true. But I talk about this all the time. The thing that Magic is a horrible spectator thing. Magic has a horrible IP that nobody knows. I actually just made a huge tweet about this. You can go read it. Uh, Ma nobody knows Magic ITs. You know what Magic has that nothing else has? It is the one of the best games ever created. Yeah, it is. It is ever. honestly, yeah. I, I, it's a game I never get bored of. You know, like it's why, it's why we can have this company consistently make all these mistakes over and over again, and this doesn't matter because the game is so good. It is yeah. legit. Like for me. It is like, and there might, there's obviously like infinite games out there where you could talk about this. Like, even if you like, you'd be like, oh, chess is a better game. But it's like, I don't know. I don't think chess is a better game. I think magic is a better game than chess. And I think magic is one of the best games ever made in ever. 
And it's just like, that's what keeps magic alive is how good this is. I actually, uh, in my tweet earlier, I said, I actually think it would be a better idea for magic for recognition and to get more people into the game to just be, get rid of original IP stuff uh, going forward. And just go full universes beyond. Exactly. Yeah. Just make that your game. So this is, instead of being, nobody cares about Teferi. Like the only people who care about Teferi are entrenched players yeah. who aren't leaving. Who aren't leaving, except for, well, obviously you, if you do all universe bound, you would lose some players, but the people, you're never gonna, Teferi is not bringing anybody in to Magic. Like where Pikachu, like for, for uh, and this is an extreme example, because the, the the most recognized, the most valuable IP in the world is Pokemon, but Pikachu is bringing people in to that by being this cute mascot that people love. It's like, but Teferi's not doing that. None of none of the no. characters the Magic. No child is like, ooh, Teferi. Oh, Jace Bellerin. <laughs> is that Jace? Ooh, does he do yeah. mind magic? Ooh. It's like nobody cares. And that's why I'm like, just do it. Embrace I, it. I want I, I will say to to your point about chess not being a better game. Uh we can the, just some empirical evidence, Joe. Um do you ever see anybody cosplaying chess characters? <laughs> chess, that is, that'd be fair. That <laughs> like, is I'm true. sure there are chess conventions, but do you think people like dress up like chess, like chess pieces at the conventions? Yeah, I do. I, I, it's funny because I really do love the cosplay and I do enjoy the original magic, magic characters, but I just know that they just, they're, they're mostly bad. They're poorly written characters. They have half of a personality. It's not like, you said, it's not, it's just not done well. It's like, I want the only sites that the hype that comes with and the excitement that comes with Lord of the Rings, Doctor Who, and all of these sets, even like Walking Dead back in the day, like that was a very exciting set. Like obviously there was a huge problems with it, but it was exciting. Godzilla was so exciting to see. And the only thing I've seen match the excitements of these sets were two magic sets in history. Go on. What were you, what were you gonna say? Hold on, I wanna hear you. I, I, I was gonna say March of the Machine. It was the only time I actually cared about the lore and I got really hype about the lore because all the old stuff was coming back too. Yes, I agree with you completely. Uh, is it March of the Machine or All Will Be One? Which one had? Maybe it was All Will Be One. Whichever one we're like, I think it was All Will Be We one. got Grandma and gear because I was like, yes. Oh my God! Like that's all the planes, it's too. all happening. That's exactly what I was gonna say. There was two sets that did this. It was All Will Be One slash March of the Machine, whichever one had the Multiversal Legends, and War of the Spark also did this with its excitement for bringing all yeah. the Planeswalkers together. These are the only sets I've ever seen in, in my uh, 11 years of playing Magic that have even come close to the hype. The apps, and the, they don't, I don't know if you think they match it. The Lord of the Rings hype was unreal. Yeah. I've never seen yeah. a set come hype on. like that. And even if <laughs> I think even if you remove the one ring, which also caused a lot of hype, it was still the most hype set of all time. And then this Doctor Who set, it's only on its very beginning of being spoiled. And the hype is again, unreal. And it's like I'm that's what I want. About why why it's so popular because it's such a such a to me it's such a niche thing. But like people are loving it, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I'm into it. If you're if you're happy that you know you're gonna get your Tom Baker card, I'm I'm happy for you. Exactly. And ultimately, like I, like like I want to like my point of it is it just doesn't matter. The game doesn't change. Yeah. If uh, 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 the, the only thing that slightly changes is they try to be more flavorful, right? Which is fine. That, that's get them get them altered to, into dragons, and you'll be and you'll be fine. You get more. <laughs> what, what you get more of now is you get top-down design uh, with these universes beyond. Which I think top-down design is better. I think overall, when you do a top-down yeah. design, you end up with cooler, more. Well, fun look at magic the, the one ring. It feels like it. 
feels exactly like you would want that to feel. And it wasn't a card that I would have designed myself, but when I saw it designed, I was like, that's exactly what I yeah, want the did. One Ring should card, feel like. That card is uh, broken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's seeing a ton of legacy play right now. Yeah, a lot of different yeah. decks. All, and like we were saying earlier, all those Ancient Tomb decks, wee! Yeah, I, I can't wait to... I, I, I'm My other ones are coming in, and I can't wait to incorporate that into 8-cast slash blue painter like, oh yeah somehow. i mean the card, is like, so, the card is great what a and rush it, it is uh, i i would bet money that it's banned in modern i think it's going to be i i really think it's going to be the uh the next iteration of the ristic ristic study cyclonic rift these super super staples like a must uh, yeah 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 it's just it's that good in commander you want I, my like, prediction about about when it's going to get banned in modern when, what's that? Well, it's purple. It'll be after it's out. Of, after the print run is done. <laughs> they're, not that, gonna, they're not gonna get rid of the marquee card. Yeah, how long did it take them to ban Hogak? Yeah, they took forever <laughs> on Hogak, and that was that card was. No, well, I was gonna say their problem, problem with the problem with Hogak is that they unbanned Grift, Gogari, Great Troll. Like, what are you guys doing? That, that was not the problem with Hogak. Hogak was busted <laughs> beyond belief. Like, that, like card ah. was, that card was so bad and modern. They're not banning it right now because the modern pro tour is coming up. Also, yeah. would, this is a terrible time to ban it. You cannot, you can't. Uh, so it's like pro, I think it is pro tour Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's like you really can't ban the one ring right now. It's not a plausible thing. Plus, you really need more stats, right? So it's like, let's have a pro tour. Let's see how many rings are actually there. Yeah. I really hope that after that, they do ban it. But obviously, they're going to delay it as long as possible to sell as much as possible. Yeah. And, like, and it'll that, drop in price a little bit too. So you can pick really them up for your EDH decks. decks. That, that actually, before we wrap up, because I know we're trying to wrap up, uh, which we have done a terrible job at. Like, <laughs> it was like 20 I, minutes ago we were trying to wrap up. Well, the problem is, I haven't been making magic content. I have a lot on my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It's been, uh, it's been a minute, right? Uh, but ultimately, this goes back to a point from earlier. Wizards of the Coast isn't their friend. They aren't going to ban the one ring be only because it's problematic. They're only going to ban the one ring as soon as it makes them more money to ban the one ring. Yeah. which is after it's as long as they can possibly go without losing players. So they, they're going to balance that. It's like, how long can we leave it unbanned? So people keep buying, 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 buying. And then as soon as we think that's reached its max, bam, we'll ban it. You know, a good thing that they did was including it in those bundles because yes. at least you know where you can find it. I bought like seven of them. Yeah. I mean, I only own two now one rings but like if i could find a bundle i would buy another bundle I, I, yeah every time <laughs> me and christian came across the bundle we were like yep yep we're getting that because uh, uh, we just it's like we play a lot of commander it, yeah. like i said i think might it's as well have one i i think it's that super staple i really do think it is a commander super staple that will continue to see play basically forever unless it's banned but i don't i don't see it getting banned i mean we have soul ring and soul ring is more broken than the ring obviously yeah Plus, there's so many, so many cards from the set that are just like good for Commander this that like you're gonna open up something of value anyhow. Lord of the Rings is another like I. This is why I just kind of want um, to have these sets be like I, I'm sick of premium product that feels like it's for nobody. I yeah. just give me Lord of the Rings hundred dollar boxes. Let's go. It's like that. That set feels amazing. It's like that's what I want. The ultimate, the best product I saw that I think Wizards has done in the past year, two years is Dominaria Remastered. That set had an amazing price point with amazing reprints. That yeah, is the, tons of great reprints. But I, I worry that it didn't sell well enough. Um, and that scares me. Like, I don't know how well it sold. I don't know. So, like, I can't speak to that because, like, obviously only Wizards has never. But I hope 
that was like an amazing science. I already know Lord of the Rings is amazing science. Yeah. I would be, I would be surprised. <laughs> I'm waiting for the second Lord of the Rings set to come out. <laughs> I, I would be very, very surprised if Lord of the Rings was not the greatest selling uh, magic set of all time. I, like, I would, I would put, I would put, uh, I would put this Zelda Link's Awakening Game Boy cartridge down on that. Ooh, was that seven dollars? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's out of the box. <laughs> It's the glitch one though. It's got the glitch, guys. It, oh, oh that speedrunners need that. One of the first ones. Um, yeah, I think I think this is probably a good place to cut it yes. off, Joe. Um, I mean, I have it, I have about two hundred more topics to yeah. go through. So yeah, let's end it now before I. It's it's been a pleasure this. having you on, and I, I I'm like I said, I'm super glad this went off the rails. Uh, I I think we got some really cool information and and just got a really great idea of who you are and and like your takes and stuff. So it was a pleasure having you on. Anytime. I mean, I love. Like I love making magic on that. Like it's bad because uh, you can yell. I was late for this podcast. You guys can yell at me. Uh, we were definitely supposed to record earlier. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I'm so bad at keeping a calendar. That is one of my weaknesses. Uh, but I am so happy to have been on. I like this was so fun. Like this is yeah. what I I love talking about Magic the Gathering. This like uh like like I said, I was considering not doing magic content, doing more broad content, which would be which has a higher ceiling, but might be harder to break into. But ultimately, I was like, no, I just love magic. This game yeah, is, this God, is this game is be. so good. Yeah. I just, like, I could, like, I could talk about it forever because it's just such a fun game. Well, we got to have you on again. And obviously, you're welcome to just hit me up whenever and be like, yo, we got to, we got to do message, it. You just know? hit me up. You, you, you so you got to reach out to me only for one reason. I love being on. I'll be on whenever you want. So you have other episodes you got to cover. You have lots of stuff to do. So whenever you're like, hey, like maybe like between sets and like there's not a lot to talk about, you can be like, this is a perfect time to have Joe Cherries on, and I yeah, will man. gladly join you. Awesome. Well, Maybe I'll be uh, in the Legacy by then because I'm playing. I I really am thinking about downloading MTGO. I really like Legacy. It's I mean because because there's uh, rental companies that will rent you decks and stuff yeah. like that. It's really cheap to get in online. Uh, I I definitely I definitely think that 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 is the that is one of the greatest things about the format is the barrier entry online is very very low. It's yeah, like thirty that, bucks a month or something like that. It's very yeah. low. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, blah 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 because I don't want to rant again. Uh, arena economy is terrible. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can. That's the whole. Well, that'll be the next cut. one I bring you back. On for. Yeah, cut, cut, cut the video. <laughs> All right, uh, Joe. Have a good one, man. Thanks so much. You too, Zach. Hey, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Check out this other video, and if you can, please support us on Patreon.com.